Welcome to another episode of Visitings, where we talk to artists who are engaged with the public outside the traditional exhibition space. My name is Alan Akagawa, and I'll be your host. Teresita de la Torre is an artist originally from Loreto, Texas, but currently living in Southern California. Her work is a navigation between her border town upbringing, activist calling, and artistic practice. Teresita's work can be viewed at todoslosdias-365.com. That's T-O-D-O-S-L-O-S-D-I-A-S hyphen the number 365.com. Um, my name is Teresita de la Torre and uh, I am an artist and educator. Before we started recording, you were telling me about your grad grad school experience, at and uh, can you tell me about that? So I I'm curious. It was primarily a you said a painting and drawing program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the professors they're prim- they're primarily like they primarily only do painting and drawing. Um, there's a couple that have done things in other disciplines and performance and installation, which is great because then I was able to get um, help with what I was thinking about. But I I went into graduate school, like I was saying, um, not really knowing what I was getting myself into or like what the possibilities kind of of art because I think like growing up in or, or living in Texas, I was exposed to some art, but not to the level of like being in 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 the greater Los Angeles area and like just seeing like this whole lineage and this whole I don't know amazing um, art shows that I wasn't able that I wasn't exposed to in Texas, um, and so it kind of just blew my mind and the possibilities of stuff that I can do and that I wasn't only kind of bound to make a painting. Um, or, or, or drawing, but um, yeah, it was it was an interesting program, um, and I got to do some amazing stuff out of out of that, um, and sort of yeah. And and where was this? Cal State Fullerton. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, um, I knowing your work now. Uh, the fact that you uh, applied to grad school with paintings and drawings is really interesting to me. Yeah. So can you briefly tell me what happened there? How how did that transformation happen? Well, I think that, I mean, I was making paint, I would call them paintings, but they were made out of like, like weird stuff, like anything or unconventional stuff. I mean, uh, they were. I wasn't interested in necessarily oil or acrylics. I was interested in, in making images um, on on a canvas or wood. Um, but I would make them with duct tape or with uh, with uh, I don't know. I would take cassette tape out of a cassette, an old cassette, and make an image with it. So I was kind of already interested in in, in doing something else other than just oils. Um, but. I was kind of a, a little bit hesitant and until like I 
I think I, uh, several things happened around like, just living in California, um, like political things that I wasn't expecting to be um, to be happening in what I thought was a very liberal um, place, very liberal state. And so it kind of forced me to to try to make work um, that was different, that wasn't only um, drawings and paintings. So you're responding to the social politics and politics of Southern California? Yeah, yeah. And you, you, you mentioned Texas. Is that where you did your undergraduate? Or? I did. Uh, I, I did an undergraduate at Texas A&M International, which is in Laredo, Texas, where, where I, I've, I lived most of my life. And um, so that's where I got my, it was just a BA, not even a, a BFA. Wow. So you go to uh, Southern California and you start to get exposed to various things. And can you tell me how you got into performative work? Mm-hmm from two-dimensional, basically two-dimensional work, into performative work. Yeah, um, I think, like, one of them, trying to, like, trail back and, and, re, and like, retrace my steps, it really happened, to, like, a lot of things, like, sparked in me of, of making this change for just reacting to, like, the political climate and um, the possibilities just being exposed to art and 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 seeing how boundless it is and how how much I could do. So um, this was around 2014. Um, there was a surge of 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 children migrating from El Salvador from Honduras um, that ended up on the border um, and were trying to ask for asylum. And there was a specific bus of, of children that were going to drive through uh, through California to try to get into like a detention or center or, or house them temporarily house them, and they they drove through Marietta, was which isn't too far from where I was living at the time, Santa Ana, and I and people just had signs telling them to go back home that they didn't want illegals, they didn't want um, their diseases, and so. That just really kind of shook me, and I couldn't believe it. Like, living in Texas, um, I could sort of understand those things, but I was like, oh, wow, like, wait a minute. Like, there's just, like, little pockets of California that are very strange. Um, and so I, I, after that, I I decided that I, w- I was... And I was already getting involved with kind of, like, various political activist kind of work, Um with a, a, a cultural center that I'm um, kind of a volunteer and um, I wouldn't say member, but I just, I, cause there's no membership or anything, but I just go to attend their classes and, and help out in events and such. Um, and so I was already getting involved in this kind of marches and, and rallies. And then I, I decided that I was going to make my art about things that I was really passionate about. Um, which I was doing before too um, about my issues of identity and my family, but that I wanted to also kind of open up, ex- open up that that sphere, and 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 talk about the border, which is 
um, where I grew up. Um, and so long story <laughs> short is that after that, um, I heard a, actually a radio um, interview of this organization called Water Station. And they're not as, they're not very well known, um, but they've been working kind of very grassroots since for about 20 years now. And like, um, I think this is going to be their 19th year. Um, all volunteer based um, and with just resources from, from the community, really donation based. And every, during the hottest months of the year, which are March through October, they go twice a month um, and they have, there's these water stations um, throughout the border with a huge flag, uh, kind of signaling that underneath that flag, there's, you'll see like either a very fluorescent painted like um, cylinder container with water or just blue container with water. And so I had heard about their work and I just thought it was incredible because I had never I had never I never knew about anybody doing anything like that in, in Laredo which was a problem too like I I I was always kind of just like grew up as a kid very or in a young adult very kind of like frustrated I'm like let's do something and everybody was so complacent and most people were just like this is how it is in Laredo we just we we accept it um, and so I, I, I heard about their work and, um, I went to go volunteer with, uh, with water, water station, just a contact with them, see, and they're like, oh yeah, just come out and help. Like, we'll meet you at 8am in, in Ocotillo at this coffee shop and, um, we'll take it from there. Um, and I think, so it's kind of a long story, but I'm trying to make it short. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had heard, like, I wanted to do a project. I wanted to do an art project while I was out there, too. So I made these stickers, and it's kind of the just with, uh, print, like, I'm interested in printmaking, too. Lots of different things. I, I'm very kind of inter, interdisciplinary. And I made these stickers that were just circular, and it said, Con agua y vida, pa adelante, which means, um, with water, there's life, go forward. And just a, a, a water drop. And, I, and some of my friends went with me on that trip. And as we were leaving the water bottles behind, we put these kind of these stickers on, on the bottles. Um, so that was kind of, I, I don't know if I to call it a performance, but just an action that I, that I did that kind of shifted um, my practice. That was kind of the, the first one. Um, and so those were kind of the things that all led up to it. Oh, okay. So it was an an existing service, it in was. a sense, yeah. that you uh, married art and this uh, humane service. Right. Wow, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And, and then what happened? So they, I, I, I went out with them and we, they have different routes uh, that they navigate towards in the desert. This is Inland Empire, um, desert area, um, border region. Um, and so they just have their different routes. And I, I happened to go on one called, uh, Carrizo 
and you you're on um kind of like trekking through the desert on these like big trucks because it's sand and rocks and such and you have the water behind you uh you 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 check every water station to see if there's water missing um and replenish them um as you go so there's this particular route um they're very like always make sure that they go all the way to the end because at the end you can't go on the truck anymore it's just un you the you the truck will get stuck. You have to kind of, it's maybe about less than a mile um, little trek to to get to this water station, but they they never forget that spot because they've just, they know that they found bodies in that area. And, um, and or just like, there's just a lot of foot traffic. Um, not only from migrants, but also from, their their water has saved the lives of of people that are out in the in the desert doing um, hiking or doing kind of activities for for recreational purposes, but they something happens and they're stranded out there and they find this water. Um, so I we went to that to that last spot of of that that trek, and there was a a, a plaid shirt on on a bush next to that water station. And it was one of the water stations that were really brightly painted with fluorescent colors. Um, and it said, agua, um, water. And right next to it, it, there was just... And I mean, along the way, too, we saw different things. Shoes, uh, uh, winter coats, like really thick winter coats. But in that particular spot, I saw this green, um, greenish-bluish plaid shirt. Uh, and we were just kind of, and I, I talk a lot about this, this moment and it's, and it's, it was just like, we, we were hesitant. Um, me and my friends just kind of circled around the shirt and, and, and took a, a photograph of it. And, and for me, like it sort of encapsulated the narratives that I, that I've heard from growing up, like. I've 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 recently been been trying to like figure this out and um like my parents never like read stories to us like bedtime stories or but they they re- like read books to us but they shared our especially my mom she's a storyteller um and so she just told me she always told me stories of how she grew up and how she got to the U.S. and how she crossed the border so that having those narratives and then just the narratives of 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 living in 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 Laredo from friends and and just the community like it just that shirt really kind of it 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 I saw it like I I I saw kind of all of those bodies or all of those narratives fitting into that and so I decided to do something really weird was which was to to take it with me to take it home um and and not really knowing what to do with it and that's where graduate school like <laughs> kind of led me and, and and helped me figure out what to do with this oh. with this really loaded object that i that i found in the desert was this experience prior to going to grad school it was during oh during okay. during yeah um there's uh what was the navigation at that moment where you guys are around the shirt 
and you picked it up, did your friends say something? Did anybody object to it? I so I I sort of I I asked them both. Uh, one friend that that was in graduate school with me. Oh. Um, we started the program and ended the program together. Uh, also Latina, and then another friend that I just I play music with for the culture at the cultural center. And I asked her because I think he was busy. Like he was a, he was actually probably working putting the water bottles or and while I got like just sidetracked with this and I asked her I was like do you think this is weird that I'll take it home and she's like no just right away just immediate no hesitation she just said no um and I put it in my backpack and with the the rest of like the stickers and I I took it um back to Santa Ana with me can you describe this shirt yeah so it's um it was a this uh, this brand called Hathaway Sport large shirt, and it looks I mean like a, something a, a, for for men created for 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 a large um, for a man, um, and it, it was plaid just like a green and blue um, colors, and then like a little bit of yellow, mm-hmm. and when I found it, it was very very dirty, like just like like dirty with um at like just the soil around the area and then where was the parts that were directly facing this the the sun were super sun damaged and just so they it just had a lot of these kind of spots or these sections that were deteriorating already from the from the elements um and other parts that were just like strong like just really put and 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 really well put together so we had yeah um i recently uh saw your piece at the show at the uh charles white gallery that um vince vincent ramos put together yeah yeah so that that's a different shirt that is that shirt that is that shirt okay oh so it's in pieces on the wall yeah how how what was the decision making process to do that? Okay. Well, if, well I, to just give like a little bit of context of the project um, and how it ended up there is that since I mentioned that it was already very sun damaged, um, and when it went with the, with the help of my professors in graduate school and, uh, and my advisors, I was advised to wear it, to, to wear this garment. Um, um, I think my one of my professors, uh, Rebecca Campbell, she she's told me just to wear it, just wear it for thirty days, and she kind of said that, like along with like other suggestions, and look at this artist and look at that artist, and kind of just threw that out. But I thought she was just like, like loca, like crazy. Like I was like, I'm not gonna wear this shirt. What is what are how what would this mean? Why and. What would my family think? That's what, what kind of where my mind went right away. But then I did. Like, so I, I, I wore it for actually a year, um, every day for a year. Um, and it's sort of, it was deteriorated, like I mentioned, from the get-go. Um, and so when I put it on and just with my being in my body and, and living with me every day, um, it started to fall apart. So the the piece at the Charles White Gallery is um, 
all the fragments that I kept over uh, the 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 year, the 365 days that would that would fall um, off of my I that I would find like in in my studio, um, and or some that I even like just like they were uh, parts of the shirt that were hanging on and I was getting caught in places and it was like a hazard and so I would just like I'm gonna cut this and save it and so I just kind of saved it on this uh my grandfather's like tobacco box um and um I I put all the fragments there so then I have this installation idea of trying to trying to install it from what was actually left of the shirt the last kind of piece that I wore which was kind of nothing um, it looks kind of like a scarf now, um, and to, and so it progresses from the largest to like the the smallest thread of of that that I still collected or that I I maintained throughout the year. So, what was the day like? The last day you wore it. Um, so it was November twentieth, uh, twenty fifteen, and I wore it. I, I decided to wear it a specific day, like the day of the revolution of uh, in Mexico, um, and then the day that uh, President at the time um, Obama um, declared or signed a, a, an executive action for this program that was didn't actually happen. That was called DAPA, which was going to grant. Um, a, a protective kind of like the the parents of dreamers were going to be able to also work and be um safe in the u.s temporarily uh, but then that and i actually ended up going through but i chose it to wear it in those specific things and then i ended it and on the same day november 20th just the year later and uh it was it was a very kind of emotional uh day and i, I chose to end like at midnight when I was gonna put the box, the whole box with the other fragments of the shirt in that in that cigarette box, tobacco box, um, that I wanted to be with with my sister who lived with me at the time and with my my f- two friends that were with me when we found it, um, and and just other close friends and we kind of did like a, a not necessarily a ceremony but we we play son jarocho music which is just a, a genre of of music um from southern mexico from veracruz um which has a lot of history and resistance and um and just um community engagement and so we 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 actually kind of wrote verses and and um um kind of with us with because it's very flexible that genre that you can easily tie in there's already a song a song and you can tie in a verse um so we we tied in verses to to the desert and to the and to water and to the my to the migrant that might have wore it um and so we played music um and dance because there's a dancing component and then at um um and at midnight we just I, we put it away and um i don't know we we drank some beers and and then there was the next day without wow. the shirt, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I hadn't thought of, I hadn't described that day in a, I hadn't really like 
talked about that day in a, in a long time or, or even described it. So it's, it's kind of taking me back. Oh. Yeah, to that moment. So the photos in the show at Oceanside were of you wearing the shirt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, during the, like, just um, kind of, like, daily documentation of, of, in my house. So it's it's funny when I saw those photos, because then I was like, oh, they're kind of embarrassing, because then I would, like, oh, like, look at my my mess in my in my kitchen (laughs) 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 and now they're like displayed like in a public space um but i didn't like i i i really didn't see what what was happening like i couldn't see i was just doing it kind of like i said day by day documenting and and doing this project but i didn't really see like the bigger picture what was going to come out afterwards What are you working on now? Um, so I'm. I think I'm still interested in 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 fabric and um, a lot more with like. Well, I still like uh, performance is is always um, something that I that I love and and want to study more. Um, but also just just fabric and kind of crafts in general. So I've been trying to to teach myself to do these things that that my mom wanted to teach me when I was a kid um, and was like no like <laughs> like uh, like how to how to sew and how to like um, weave and things like that uh, oh. stuff that she knows that she's very proficient in um, so I've just trying to been I've been teaching myself how to how to do these things now um, and once in a while I'll call her and, and ask her for like advice. Um, and she'll tell me that I'm doing it all and <laughs> 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 sloppy, but, um, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been trying to, um, to weave, to make this piece. Um, I've been working on it, I think since about a year now, um, and I'll have a show coming up. So the, I feel like that the whole performance and this whole project that I did prior, took me to like a very kind of um personal space um and to kind of just like be self-critical and and, and reflect on who I was um and so I, it's the pieces that I'm doing now are, are much more personal um with that kind of in that conversation with with trying to relearn or or of things of my mom's past and and things that she knows how to do really well but then I'll I, like they're they're about um so i came out um two years ago um and and so it's been difficult for for me and for my family just to try to accept after 26 years of of knowing me to be or presuming me to be straight to to being now um uh, a gay woman is is just really kind of crazy for them um and they're very catholic and so um, there's just a, a lot that they have to process. And so I've been just kind of going through the motions and, um, I, I, I went through some, some breakups, um, and I wasn't able to talk to my mom about this. And it, like, I just, um, it, it was really, I think that was one of the most difficult things. So I actually, I, I, 
I sewed all these conversations that I wanted to have with her on um, um, pieces of fabric that my grandmother gave to me um, with trying to do it in her language, um, which is the language of, of kind of craft and embroidery and textiles. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at kind of currently. That concludes another episode of Visitings. Thanks to Teresita de la Torre for being on the show and to Alessandra Montezuma for introducing her work to us. Thanks, as always, to the Echo Park Film Center and Dub Lab for letting me share this. I'm Alan Nakagawas, sitting in my living room in Koreatown, saying thank you for listening to Visitings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.